What's up to all my listeners out there? My name is Lindsay, and thank you so much for checking out the Am One Podcast. Happy Father's Day to all my fathers out there, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode on this nice, fine Sunday, and we're going to get straight into it. So first up, we're going to get into some playoff quick hits, and it's kind of sad because as the playoffs have obviously gone on, like teams have been eliminated and playoff series have ended, so now I'm only down to just two playoff quick hits for the games that we know are going on, and we have two good games today to start off a series, and we have a good game seven, so that's always great. So first, we're going to start off with the series that hasn't started yet with the Clippers versus the Suns, and I'm so excited for this series with all like the drama that's gone behind it. If you guys don't know, there was a little beef that gone on during the regular season with um, some of the players from the Suns calling out Paul George, and there's been a lot of like back and forth going on so everybody's very excited for this series to see like how all the drama will play out but sadly even though we have all this good drama leading into it we do have some sad news with cp3 out for game one in in covid protocols along with Kawhi, who's out with knee issues and who wasn't able to play the last two games of their previous series and Paul George and the other role players on the Clippers have really stepped up to help out Kawhi. But on the other side, Devin Booker has played very well last series and Aiden did well cleaning up the boards. But Paul is the Suns facilitator and the glue that holds the team together very well. And I'm hoping Chris Paul will come back soon because, damn, this guy has, like, the worst luck, playoff luck ever. Like, he had a shoulder injury during the Lakers game and then he did very well in the Nuggets series and scored like 37 points one of these games and now he has COVID protocol issues like this guy just like can't get a break and I feel very bad for him but I'm gonna go with the Suns anyway in the series because if Kawhi is out I think that Devin Booker will be able to outscore Paul George and I just think the Suns are um, a better team and even though like Paul George does have more playoff experience and like um, he is a very good player, and he did play very well without Kawhi, and so did all the other role players. I still think that the Suns will be able to hold down the fort and make it to the finals. Next up, we've got the Hawks versus the 76ers, and we're so lucky because we get another Game 7 tonight, two days in a row after the amazing Game 7 from last night, which I will talk about in our next segment. So we're very lucky. And this series has been very back and forth with the Hawks coming back from 26 points to win Game 5 and come back from 18 points in Game 4 to win. Philly does have the momentum, though, playing at home after winning in Atlanta in a very good game for them. And I'm still going with Philly to win, even though Trey Young has been a monster these playoffs. But Seth Curry has been the most consistent 76er by far, and I think Embiid will have a huge Game 7 with Ben Simmons maybe playing well. He's definitely been, like, the biggest disappointment for the 76ers, and I don't think he deserves to start, honestly, and Tyrese Maxey should since he's been outscoring Ben Simmons every game and playing very well. But everybody knows that Doc would never do that since he always defends Simmons, even with his mediocre at-best play, where and he, like, misses free throws. I just want to talk about this for a sec. I always find it astonishing when NBA players who make millions of millions of dollars struggle with free throws. Like, these guys get paid to play this game, and it's a free throw. Like, I, I just don't know. But, and, like, they get paid a lot of money to shoot the basketball, and they miss free throws a lot. I always think that should be, like, the easiest thing, and they should be, like, every player should be around, like, 80%. Me, but, like, especially, like, a player like Ben Simmons, who does get a good chunk of change to be on that team. 
But I still have Philly winning the game just because I think that their team overall will be able with the more playoff experience and having obviously Joel Embiid is a nice plus and they'll be able to win. But I'm so excited to see another game seven tonight and I can't wait to see which way it's going to go. I definitely have good faith in Atlanta. Obviously, they're taking it to a game seven. I don't think anybody really expected that with the five seed versus the one seed Philadelphia. And I do think Atlanta could take because it's, it's a game seven. It could go either way. It's one. It's a one game series now. But I still got faith in Philly that they could finish it off and make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But we definitely have a good games for today, and I'm excited to watch them all. Hey guys, I wanted to let you guys know about a new show series I started on my podcast called Girl Boss, where I interview cool women in sports. There's already a new episode out now where I interview Kavya from Woman on the Mic with her cool podcast. So right after you listen to this episode, go check out Girl Boss. Now we're going to get back into the episode. For our next segment, we've got in other news where we just talk about some other different things going on in the NBA since, oh my gosh, this week was like the craziest week um, like ever with so many news going on, especially I'm pretty sure it was Wednesday. It was like um, news after news after news after news. It was like Chris Paul was out, Kawhi was out, this coach was fired, that coach was fired, this person was leaving, this trade was like, it was just a lot going on that day. So we're going to get into a bunch of different things. First, we're going to talk about that, even though I already talked about Clippers versus um, Suns are already going on. But the Clippers did beat the Jazz, and the Clippers defeated the Jazz 4-2 after they were down by 25 points and rallied in the second half in Game 6 to make it to their first conference finals in franchise history in their 51-year history. So Terrence Mann scored a career-high 39 points and made a count in the second half, scoring 25 of them then. Just for perspective, he scored 25 points in the first five games of the series. So he scored, in in one half, he scored more than five games, which is crazy. And even though Donovan scored 39 points, it just wasn't enough. And Mike Conley did return, which was a good sign for them, but he only scored five points with three assists. So, But he did play about twenty more than 20 minutes. PG has like played amazing the last two games without Kawhi scoring 37 points and then 28 in game six and Reggie Jackson also stepped up with 22 points and 27 points in game six so where would like where could like the Jazz go maybe for next season um definitely I think they were they're probably gonna be I know Donovan's very disappointed because he did play very well and they weren't able to get it done um, I think maybe if they did have Mike Conley, like, healthy and ready for the series, it would have been a very different series, and Jordan Clarkson also did very well, so I think they have, like, a good core. Obviously, they were the number one seed, so they're doing something right in the regular season, and they did make it to the second round, but they didn't make it to their goal, obviously, which was to make it to the finals and win the championship, but I did think they did put up a good fight. It's probably definitely not what they wanted, especially since Kawhi was out. They were probably a lot more confident going into the last two games, but they did drop them. So I think going into next season, probably I would definitely try to keep their core together the best they can with Jordan Clarkson and Donovan Mitchell and having the Rudy Gobert, the defensive player of the year. Maybe they need another guy that's going to, like maybe another score, like a three-point guy that can do that for them while Donovan and Jordan Clarkson can also score. So get somebody like a Joe Harris that could shoot like a lot of threes for them and like help spread the floor a lot so that they can have like Donovan driving and they could have Rudy Gobert in the middle. So maybe a guy like Joe Harris would be good for them just to pop those threes and help spread the floor very well. So, And they definitely need to pick up their defense because their perimeter defense was not very good. So definitely work on defense as well. 
So next up, we've got, oh my god, le- yesterday's Game 7 was so amazing with the Bucks barely holding on, and they're officially going to the conference finals after defeating the Nets in OT 115-111. to It was the seventh time in NBA history it's gone to overtime in a Game 7, and I watched the game, and the ending was amazing. Oh my god, that Kevin Durant shot, I was just like, I like was just speechless. I just, it was, and it's still crazy how he was just, inches away from going to the conference finals if his feet were moved over just one inch away from the three-point line they would have been going to the conference finals or if he had missed that shot then like obviously the bucks would have gone on to make it to the conference finals a lot easier but they didn't end up winning the game and katie played like another level another like stratosphere this series and then it was just like very it a part of me just felt really sad because, like, Kevin Durant just played, like, uh, he left everything out there, and they still didn't win, and it's just amazing watching him play, like, even Giannis said, like, he's the best player in the world, like, I don't know if he's the best player in the world, but he's definitely up there, obviously, he's definitely maybe, like, top three, and he's just amazing, and it was just great to see him play like that, but it was very sad, like, with Harden out and Kyrie out that they weren't able to, like, reach their goals, but I was happy since I did pick the Bucks to win, so not to toot my own horn, but <laughs> I was happy that my picked, especially after the Bucks went 0-2. I was a little nervous about my pick, but I'm glad it ended up working out. And then looking at, like, towards next season, and obviously they're going to want to rebound and win the championship next year, as does every team, but there's not much, like, they need to change. I think my biggest thing would maybe be to look for a big to help them on the defensive end as their only job to, like, let all the other guys focus more on scoring. And they they definitely were a better defensive team than a lot of people thought they would be since, like, they're since, with Kyrie Harden and KD, they're like, oh, they're all offensive scorers. But I definitely think this season a lot of people are going to look at it as, like, what it could have been if they did have – if Harden had a healthy hamstring, if Kyrie didn't hurt his ankle – and, like, what if Kevin Durant did make, what if they did go to, like, what if his feet were a couple inches off and they did make it to the conference finals? And I think the most hilarious thing coming out of that game was listening to the crowd counting down Giannis's free throw time. They'd be like, five, six, seven, eight. It was just hilarious because I know they got in trouble for, like, putting up the time on the big board. So it was funny to see that, like, they were counting it down. It was just hilarious how loud they were. So for our next big piece of news, we got Kemba got traded. So we got some Celtics news. Kemba Walker was traded on Friday to OKC along with the Celtics' 16th pick um, this year for Al Horford, Moses Brown, and a 2023 second-round pick. So this gives the Celtics more space since Kemba's contract is larger than Horford and gives them space to re-sign Evan Fournier, which is good because I like Evan Fournier. And I, most people saw this coming with the sense of, like, they saw that Kemba was going to get traded at some point. I don't think everybody thought it was going to be so soon with Brad Stevens just coming in. But it definitely shows that Brad is not afraid to make, like, big moves like, big moves like that. And the Thunder now have three first-round picks this draft and many more in the future, which is, like, crazy. And Moses Brown had, like, a crazy game one time. He played against the Celtics this season with where he got 21 points and 23 rebounds, and that was very impressive. So this gives me hope, like, how I take away from this trade is that it gives me hope that, like, Brad Stevens isn't afraid to make big moves like this, which is good because I think it's important for, like, somebody that high up not to be afraid to make big moves and go get those big guys. And it's also good because we're creating more cap space to go get, like, a big free agent, not this year, but next season when a lot of them come out. Like, I know, 
like, obviously, I'm just, like, throwing names out there, but that doesn't mean that they're gonna come to the Celtics, like, somebody like a Steph Curry or a Kawhi or, like, Bradley Beal. A lot of people have been talking about Bradley Beal, especially now that Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum are both gonna be playing in the Olympics. So a lot of people have been speculating about that, that Jason Tatum might be doing a little tampering over during the Olympics time, hopefully, to recruit people there. But I do think it was a smart move to get it done sooner rather than later, and now we have more cap space to hopefully help us in for future moves. Next up, we've got the all-NBA teams. With first team, we got Giannis, Curry, Luka, Jokic, Kawhi. The second team, we got Embiid, LeBron, Dame, and Chris Paul, and Julius Randle. And on our third team, we got Bradley Beal, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, and Kyrie. So who are my snubs? Obviously, Jason Tatum was like, that was very, it's frustrating because you might be thinking, why is Jason Tatum not on the team? It is because since he is considered a forward and a guard, he was put down as a forward and he had less, but it, so he had more votes than Kyrie Irving. Not to like uh, bring up all the Kyrie Celtics drama, but so Tatum, I'm pretty sure the story is that Tatum had more points like when you, because they vote for like first team, second team, and they add it up, and like that's how you decide. So he had more points than Kyrie, but because he was put, but he had more points as a forward, so that's what he was categorized. So they go by what you get more points for. So there's more points as a forward, so that's why he didn't make the team, which is very, which is very sad because he lost out on, I'm pretty sure it's thir- he's losing out on $32 million on his contract for not making an All-NBA team, which is crazy because that's a lot of money, even though these guys do make a lot of money already. But that's a good chunk of change that I don't think he wants to lose. Also, Donovan Mitchell, I think he would have been a good person to put on there. But obviously, if you have to put somebody on there, you have to take somebody off. I don't think Jimmy Butler deserved to be on the list. That's just my opinion. Also, I don't know about Kyrie either, just because he had a lot of injury issues. So I think some of the players that were, like, injured and were out for a while, that's, that was, like, an interesting how they – I'm fine with Julius Randle being on there. I know some people were upset about that or maybe him being a second team. But I don't think that was a bad decision, really. I think Kyrie and Jimmy Butler were maybe be my two that I would, like, swap out and put, like, Tatum and Donovan Mitchell. Honestly, in my opinion, I think all, the All-NBA team should be wings and forwards. And not so position specific, so that more guys that like do deserve to be on the team can make it on there, and that an issue with like somebody like Tatum wouldn't could be prevented because he did get more points, so he should be on the team. Next up, we got Lamelo Ball won Rookie of the Year, which was no surprise really, and he crushed Anthony Edwards in the voting, which I was surprised about, but like obviously Anthony Edwards got a lot more second place votes than first place votes. Lamelo Ball crushed him in the first place votes category. So, congrats to him. I don't think anybody was really surprised, but I was glad because that was one of the few picks that I picked correctly at the beginning of the season, like my preseason pick, so I don't think anybody was really surprised, though. Next up, we've got the Pelicans fired their head coach. So, Stan Van Gundy is out for the Pelicans after just one season. Um, definitely, he was, like, way too old school with, like, having such young talent, and he sh- and their team just, like, struggled and closed games and had bad defense. I don't think anybody was really surprised when he, when he got um, fired. And now Zion will have his third coach in three seasons, which is pretty disappointing just because it's good for, like, the young guys to have more, like, consistency and, like, get, like, help help people, like, develop their skills. So it's hard when, like, all these people are changing. And I've heard that I'm pretty sure there's been reports that Zion's family is not very happy um, with, like, the Pelicans and everything and, like, the whole situation. So I wonder if – I don't think Zion's going to get traded anytime soon, but we'll see when his contract comes up when what's going to happen after that. 
but um, I don't really know who the Pelicans should get. I think it would be better just to maybe get somebody younger to, like, relate better to the players and, like, with a new fresh take to help them. Obviously, I would love Teresa Witherspoon, who is also an assistant for the Pelicans and a lot of the players like. So I think my best recommendation would be get Teresa Witherspoon as the head coach. Next up, we got the Wizards fire their head coach as well. Scott Brooks' contract with the Washington Wizards was not renewed, and he will be out. There's been there's so many head coaching jobs available. It's like literally crazy with like Celtics, Pacers, Magic, now the Wizards, and then soon we're getting into the next coach. I'm not gonna spoil it for you. <laughs> and there's just head coaching jobs up the wazoo everywhere you look. There's a new head coach available. So a lot of people will be getting a lot of money coming up soon. And I think I think the new wave of people are definitely gonna be a lot more people that have been like assistant coaches and haven't gotten the chance to be a head coach. So I definitely think a lot of new people will be getting the head coaching jobs to bring like a new freshness to the NBA head coaching jobs. Next up, we've got the Mavs part ways with their GM. On Wednesday, GM Donnie Nelson resigned after 24 years with the franchise due to friction. Uh, well, people have been reporting it was due to friction with the Mavs director of quantitative research and development. Um, I'm going to pronou- try to pronounce his name. Haralabos Vulgaris. Sources told ESPN. And next up with the Mavs, we got the Mavs coach says goodbye. Rick Carlisle resigned Thursday after 13 years of being the head coach and was previously the third longest tenured coach in one location um, next to Greg Popovich and Eric Spolcher. Eric Spolcher, but not anymore. And next with the Mavs, we got that Dirk will join the Mavs as a special advisor assisting in the hiring process of a new GM and coach and help with other front office stuff. I'm hoping all these changes will help the Mavs get, like, more of a fresh start and move in the right direction with, like, they have Luka and they have, like, good players there. And I think if they just, like, they, I feel like they could just be, like, the Suns and if they just, like, use their, like, take their time and just put all the pieces together, they could really make good things happen. And obviously everybody knows Mark Cuban is not afraid to make big moves and, like, do things and try to get out there and get people. So we'll see if all of these, like, changes and everything will help them. I know there's been so much speculation about where Rick Carlisle is going to go. I know, like, the Celtics specifically have been – he's already said that – the people already know that he's definitely not going to get the Celtics job, but there's been a lot of speculation with different teams where he could potentially end up next, and I think a lot of people would like to get him as a good coach. And then lastly, we've got LeBron James' injury comment. So LeBron made a long Twitter thread talking about all the injuries with big stars this postseason, blaming it on the short offseason after from the bubble. I'm pretty sure some I saw something it was like 71 days which is a very short time for these players when they're used to having a long time between one season to the next. So an NBA spokesman responded by stating that injury rates were virtually the same this season as they were during 2019-20. Well, starter level and all-star players missed games due to injury at similar rates as the last three seasons. So obviously the NBA doesn't feel that this is a big issue with the short offseason. Obviously they're going to say that it wasn't a problem because then that would look bad on them. Um, I do agree with LeBron in the sense of I do agree that the offseason was very short, and but they did agree to it, so they could have said no, but they knew they needed to make money. So, like, if you didn't want that, then don't go back on it now. And, like, obviously he was – like, his team was one of the people affected by the injuries. But I also feel like, like, if you look at, like, the women's side with the WNBA, those players play all year because they don't have enough – they don't get paid enough to make to be able to just like sit around and like 
take that time off, they only make around 70000 to 120000 a year. So they have to go um, across the way to Europe and around, and they have to go to other continents to go play so that they can make money and be able to support themselves. So they're used to not having any off-season at all because they can't afford to do that or they're not going to have money. They have to have... they they don't get paid as much as the men and that's just the truth thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the and one podcast make sure to share this podcast with your friends and family that would be greatly appreciated our podcast is available on anchor spotify pocket cast breaker overcast radio public apple Podcasts, and google Podcasts. please rate our podcast five stars and review it so more people can listen just like you and check out our instagram at and one podcast ending with an s and now we have a TikTok. Check out our TikTok at Am One Podcast, ending with an S as well. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye.